Well, hello everyone, this is Nev here. Um, unfortunately, due to a technical issue, the sermon wasn't recorded uh, for the 23rd of October. So I'm going to attempt to just do a re-recording of it uh, as best I can for those of you that weren't able to be there for whatever reason, um, which includes people who are serving on our kids and youth teams, which we're very grateful for on a Sunday. So, um, so I began the message uh, by asking everyone who was there, are you all drunk? And that might seem like a bit of an outrageous question to ask, but um, it was actually the question that was asked to the early church uh, one morning, uh, and the believers who were gathered there. In Acts chapter 2, we read that the crowds gathered when they heard the believers all talking out loud at the same time in different languages. It says in Acts 2, uh, 12 to 13, amazed and confused, they, the crowds, kept asking each other, what does this mean? But others made fun of the believers, saying, these people are all drunk. And um, on a Sunday morning, uh, often before or after the service and in our little break we have, we everyone has conversations all at the same time. There's a lot of noise going on. And just imagine if someone were to walk in during one of those moments uh, while all these conversations are happening and asking, are all these people drunk? And of course, I'm sure uh, we would respond by saying, well, no, we're not drunk. Um, but actually, the main difference between that example and the uh, what we see in Acts is that we, uh, in our church, we having these conversations, would most be, mostly have been having conversations in the same language or at least in a language that we understand. So if I'm talking to someone, I understand what it is I'm saying to the person I'm talking to. Whereas the story in Acts was about a time when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers and they started to spontaneously speak in other languages that even the believers, those that were speaking them, they themselves didn't know what the language was and it wasn't something they'd learnt. Yeah, it wasn't a confusing moment. It was a beautiful moment of each believer expressing the words of God, expressing words of praise to God after being filled with the Holy Spirit. It says in Acts 2, 6 and 11, it says, When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. And then they said, well, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, much to their amazement. And so this moment in scripture in Acts is our first introduction to the gift of tongues. And this is uh, going to be the focus of the sermon. It's about the gift of tongues as we continue our series in Becoming Love. that We've been going through uh, the book of 1 Corinthians. So um, in this message, we're looking at chapter 14 as our basis for asking the question, what is the gift of tongues and how does it operate? And then we will think about how the gift of tongues applies to us today. So let's just take a moment to pray. Even now, if you're listening to this, let's just take a moment to pause and ask God to speak to us, to speak to you, because ultimately we want God to speak to you right now and to help you understand. So Father God, I thank you that um, you speak to us through your word. It's um, a living, your living word. And I ask that right now you would prepare the hearts and the ears and the minds of those listening to receive your words, to understand it, for it to be clear to them. And you help me to communicate well now, I pray. Amen. 
So as a child, I attended church and the church I went to as a, a small child was a church that actually used the gift of tongues frequently. And I remember at the time thinking it was a bit strange. So on a Sunday morning, I'd be there and um, I would hear this. I would find it really intriguing, but I'd find it unusual as well. So I would often hear somebody suddenly start speaking out in a in an unknown language that they didn't even seem to understand. And I was like, what is this? And then after they'd finished speaking, there'd be usually a small pause and then somebody else in the congregation would start speaking out in uh, in English, the language that we spoke in our church that I could understand. And this uh, I was to discover was to be was an interpretation of what the person before them had just said. And this is uh, the gift of tongues in operation. This was, uh, as I experienced as a child, and we um, recognise we all have, you listening will have different experience to me, and we all have different experiences or understanding, level of understanding of the gift of tongues, or maybe no experience of it at all. Um, so what I want to do is look at scripture and see what it says, what God reveals to us through it, particularly about the gift of tongues. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 14, and I'm just going to read through um, the long portion of text, verses 1 to 28 and then 39 to 40. And just so that we can get it in context and hear it uh, as Paul has written it. And then we'll go back and look at the text and ask um, questions of what, why and how of tongues. So what is the gift of tongues? Why does it exist and how should it be used? So you feel free to read along if you've got a Bible or you can just listen. It says this, 1 Corinthians 14 from verse 1, and this is Paul writing to the Corinthians. And he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring to you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction? Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds such as the pipe or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will be ready for battle? So it is with you, unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You'll just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I'm a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you, since you are eager for the gift of the Spirit, gifts of the spirit try to excel in those that build up the church for this reason the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say for if i pray in a tongue my spirit prays but my mind is unfruitful so what shall i do 
Well, I'll pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Otherwise, when you are praising God in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving since they do not know what you are saying? You are giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. In the law, it is written, with other tongues and through the lips of foreigners, I will speak to this people, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Tongues then are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or three at the most three should speak one at a time and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in fitting and orderly way. So, using this passage of scripture as our basis, what can we learn about the what, why and the how of the gift of tongues? Well, firstly, what is the gift of tongues? The gift of tongues is a declaration of the wonders of God and thanksgiving to God in an unknown God-given language. Let me say that again. The gift of tongues is a declaration of the wonders of God and thanksgiving to God in an unknown God-given language. Now, where does this definition come from? Well, let me break it down from you. It's all based on scripture. So to say the, de- the gift of tongues is a declaration of the wonders of God. We hear that in Acts 2 verse 11, where it says uh, the crowds were saying, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. So the crowds are saying that the believers who are speaking these tongues are declaring the wonders of God. And it's also Thanksgiving. We read in verse 16 of 1 Corinthians 14, where it says, When you are praising God in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving since they do not know what you are saying? So that's referring to the use of tongues and it's saying how can someone say amen to your thanksgiving? So there we hear it's thanksgiving is what the tongue is. So the gift of tongues is a declaration of the wonders of God. It's thanksgiving and I said to God. In verse 2 of 1 Corinthians 14, it says, Anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. 
So the gift of tongues is about speaking not to people, but to God. Tongues are Godward. They're declaring his wonders and thanksgiving. They're not spoken as a word to us, the, the church, from God. This is prophecy. As it says in verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 14, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. So that's God's encouraging us with a word through a member of the church congregation, through one of the believers in the terms of they might say, I feel God is saying or wanting to remind us this. And then they'll bring a word from God to us, whereas a tongue is not speaking to people, but to God. Let me try and illustrate this <coughs> for us just for a moment. So imagine you had a person who has just been rescued from nearly drowning at sea. Now, this person is a different nationality to you. And after they've been rescued, they are brought to the, the rescue home place uh, where they've been brought after being rescued. And you happen to be there and you're in their midst and you can hear this person exclaiming things and, and they're excited and you, you're intrigued by what they're saying, yet you cannot understand a word they're saying because they're a different language to you. And so you uh, can only actually understand what they're saying when you ha hear the translator who is with them translate what they're saying to you into English or to your tongue that you understand. And then you find out what this person who has been rescued has actually been saying. They've been expressing things and now you understand what they were saying was this. They were saying, oh, I am so thankful to you, my rescuers. They're talking to the lifeboat crew who were there with them at this time. You are my saviours. Were it not for you, I would be dead. But instead I'm alive. The lights and colours of your rescue boat are beautiful to me. Your eyes displayed such kindness as you poured me aboard your lifeboat of safety and refuge. You are amazing. I'm so thankful to you. Can you see here how this illustrates what gets communicated through the gift of tongues? It's an overflow of praise and thanksgiving and declaration of the wonders of God, our heavenly redeemer and rescuer, to God. It's all about him and it's all directed to him. Yet it does bless those who happen to hear it as well. So just like this person was saying, oh, I'm so thankful to my rescuers, we're saying, I'm so thankful to my heavenly rescuer and saviour, God. So the gift of tongues is a declaration of the wonders of God and thanksgiving to God. And then in an unknown God-given language. So it's unknown. We see this in verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 14, where uh, Paul says, if, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So the mind doesn't know what it's saying when it's using this gift of tongues. And then in verse 16, it says, how can someone else put in the position of an inquirer, say amen to your thanksgiving, since they do not know what you are saying? So it's an unknown language. It's also God-given, as we read in Acts 2, verse 4. It says all of them, the believers at the Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit came, it says all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues 
as the Spirit enabled them. So they were speaking in these languages because the Spirit enabled them to do so. The Spirit came upon them, gave them this gift. And we read again in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11, it says, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And then it goes on to um, give examples of different gifts. And then it comes on to say in verse 10, um, to another, the speaking in different kinds of tongues, to another is given uh, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit as he distributes to them. He distributes to each one as he determines. So it's the Holy Spirit, it's God giving these gifts. They are God-given. Tongues is a God-given gift from God to us for our good and our strengthening. So what is the gift of tongues? That definition again is the gift of tongues is a declaration of the wonders of God and thanksgiving to God in an unknown God-given language. So that's the what. What about the why? Why does the gift of tongues exist? Well, the gift of tongues exists to build and strengthen believers both individually and corporately. So individually, the, the gift of tongues exists uh, to build up an individual believer. In verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 14, it says, Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. Or we read in other translations, in the ESV, it puts this verse, the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. Or in the New Living Translation, it says, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. So if you have the gift of tongues, do you realise every time you use this gift, you are building yourself up? It's a wonderful thing. It's used to build us up, to edify us, such a rich word, which... Um, yeah, it means, as we've heard in those translations, to build up, to strengthen, um, or you could say to make us more Christ-like. And the gift of tongues exists to build uh, and strengthen believers individually, also corporately, meaning when we're gathered together, like as we gather as a whole church on a Sunday morning, usually. It builds the church it says all gifts are for the common good in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. The gift of tongues, it edifies, it builds and strengthens the church when used publicly with an interpretation, which is the all important part here, with an interpretation. So in verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 14, it says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified, built up, strengthened. Have you experienced this? Have you been in a setting where you've heard someone bring the gift of uh, a tongue and then someone else bring an interpretation? When this is done, it, it, can, it is and it can be a wonderful experience. As I mentioned earlier, I experienced this growing up in the church I was in. I've experienced that here at Community Church Putney. And I've experienced that um, often when I go away um, to days of prayer with other church leaders in Newground, which is the family of churches we're a part of, um, we, we can often hear that there, someone brings a tongue, someone brings an interpretation. There's something dynamic, supernatural about it that is just strengthening and encouraging. And it's wonderful to be in a context where it's used. 
So that's the what and the why of tongues. But what about how? How should the gift of tongues be used? This is an important question. How should the gift of tongues be used? Uh, and should it be used today? And if so, you may be wondering, well, why aren't we hearing it used so much in our gatherings at Community Church Putney? And these are all good and important questions. So um, let's just start by asking the question, should the gift of tongues be used today? Well, last week, uh, if you were with us, you heard Matt's message on prophecy. Matt referred to Acts 2.17, uh, where Peter addresses the crowd just after this moment where they've been speaking in tongues. And he says uh, in Acts 2.17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will see visions. Your, sorry, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In the last days... Um, he says that these things will happen. And what are the last days? Well, again, we were reminded last week that the last days are the days between Christ uh, dying and rising again and Christ returning again. And so we're, we're in those days now. So if that's the case, and since tongue speaking represents an example of the prophetic outpouring of the spirit in the last days we should no more suppose that tongues have ceased than prophecy has ceased and we should no more suppose that prophecy has ceased that the last days have now come to an end which they haven't so we're in the last days and so therefore as it says in uh, 1 Corinthians 14 39 therefore brothers and sisters be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues so we want to be those that are eager to prophesy and not forbid speaking in tongues everything as it says in verse 26 everything must be done so that the church may be built up not just one or two things not just some of the gifts to pick and choose as we please the ones that we prefer and leave the ones we don't like or don't understand so much it says here everything must be done so we want to be those that are exercising the gifts of prophecy and tongues so in answer to the question should the gift of tongues be used today we would believe yes so we have this gift of tongues given to us by the Spirit. So how then should it be used? Well, firstly, it should be used in love. In the first verse of 1 Corinthians, it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So using this gift and any other gift of the spirit correctly is to follow the way of love so we're not doing it with the motivation of like i have this gift look at me how great i am because god's given me this gift and look at me when i use it aren't i great no that's not the motivation of the gift um the motivation is love Otherwise, we are just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal, as it says in uh, chapter 13, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians. So we demonstrate love to God as we obediently use the gifts he's given us. And we demonstrate love to one another when we use these gifts with the motivation to love and build one another up as God has intended for us to do. So it's important that we start there. We use this gift in love. But how else do we use the gift of tongues? Well, 
the gift of tongues should be used privately and publicly. So privately, on our own, in our own times of prayer with God, we can use this gift and it can be a wonderful blessing to us. It builds and strengthens us in a way that we perhaps do not fully realise. As we've heard, it's our mind is unfruitful, but our spirit is praying and it's very fruitful. I remember a time when um, I did a, a year team with my church many years ago um, a voluntary year uh, at the, the church I used to be at and part of that year I went to uh, an outreach week with another church in Hillingdon and they invited over a um, visiting evangelist to do some outreach meetings in the, their local community and he was an amazing guy he's a guy called Ram Babu from India and he had an amazing gift of um, preaching evangelism and um, seeing people healed as God worked powerfully through him but what was really interesting was during that week, um, he would spend time with us, the believers, as a, a team, and he would do some teaching and training with us before we had these outreach meetings. And what I learned and discovered about him was he he prayed a lot in tongues. He spent about four hours a day praying in tongues, which is incredible, isn't it? And if you've ever spoken in tongues, um, you know, just a few minutes can seem like a really long time, let alone four hours speaking in tongues. But he was a man who was devoted to God in prayer. He spent four hours in tongues. He also prayed, you know, in uh, using his tongue that he could understand, but four hours just in tongues. And he saw an incredible, there was an incredible anointing on him. You could see God honoured his um, coming before God in obedience and using the gifts God given him. And this really stirred me and I remember going away from that feeling inspired and that year I would try and get up early and pray in tongues, not quite for four hours, but I remember aiming to pray an hour a day in tongues and looking back I can see that particularly that year God really was at work in my life. Um, that was the year I felt God called me to Putney to be a part of the church here and um, and so I felt God doing incredible things in my life. And I look back and I think and I see that a big part of that was my prayer life and my praying in tongues. And this praying in tongues is something that's uh, continued with me. I, I still aim to pray in tongues daily. And um, as, as it says in scripture, it, it edifies you. I feel I'm being edified, strengthened, built up through time in prayer uh, and part of that is praying in tongues and I feel when I pray in tongues um, I personally I feel a sense of it, it causes me to I feel it's a, a prayer of faith in a way in the sense that I'm praying in tongues I'm speaking in an unknown language and sometimes doubts can creep in and think I can think is this, am I really speaking tongues or am I just making stuff up? Is this, you know, it, it's a strange one. You can sometimes maybe start to feel, oh, this feels a bit silly. I don't know if this is tongues. And do you know what? I don't always know necessarily, but what I choose to do is pray in tongues with an attitude that is, God, I believe you've given me this gift of tongues that is edifying me and that even if I don't understand it, I trust that um, I, I am speaking um, out this declaration of praise to you and it's, it's strengthening me. And so I'm, 
I'm doing it as a, a prayer of faith and I, th- I find that quite um, helpful to think in that kind of way as I'm praying in tongues. So we use it privately. The gift of tongues is also to be used publicly um, with interpretation so that the church may be built up. So in 1 Corinthians 14, 27, it says that if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. And in verse five, it says the one who prophesies is the one is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified, be built up. Matt uh, defined the interpretation of tongues in uh, his connection point materials uh, in this way. He said the interpretation of tongues is the God given inspiration to speak in the language of the hearers, the dynamic equivalent to what was spoken in the public tongue based on 1 Corinthians 12, 10 and 14, 27. Let me say it again. So if there's a gift of tongues, there's also the gift of interpretation of tongues, which again, Matt said is the God-given inspiration to speak in the language of the hearers, the dynamic equivalent of what was spoken in a public tongue. Now, for us here at Community Church Putney, um, we wouldn't generally encourage praying out in tongues all at the same time when we're gathered in a Sunday morning gathering. Um, And the reason being, as it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 16 to 17 and verse 23, says an inquirer might come in and not understand or they will think you're out of your mind. So on a Sunday, we it's an open meeting. Anyone can come in and anyone is welcome, which is wonderful, which means we may get people who are unbelievers walking into our service. And if we say, right, everyone, let's just speak out in tongues at the same time and everyone's speaking out, that's when they might say, as I referred to earlier, what's going on? Are they all drunk? It's not going to edify or build anyone up in that way. Um, I mean, it will individually, but it's going to confuse the unbelievers and the inquirers. And so it's not to say we wouldn't ever do that and encourage let's all pray out together in tongues, but we would probably save that for a context where we are all gathered as believers. So like, for example, the church prayer meeting or in our community groups where we know, yeah, we're all believers here. Let's all, why don't we all pray out in tongues for a minute because we want to edify ourselves and practice using this gift. But in a public setting uh, on a Sunday morning it's perhaps not so helpful um, to do that so we would generally on a Sunday try and do it in this way as in scripture has said that someone would bring a tongue clearly and then we would wait for someone to then interpret it so we can understand what's being said and be strengthened and edified and built up Um, I know that this happened in Acts you might say oh well they all spoke out in tongues at the same time and it blessed people but they weren't in a they were in a private prayer meeting, really. They were in this upper room, but they were overheard and the crowds were just drawn to them. Um, so it was a slightly different context. Um, so we're going to use the gift of tongues uh, in love. We use it privately. We use it publicly. And then finally, um, the, how should the gift of tongues be used? It should be used regularly. So Paul says... In 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. He's often using this gift of tongues he's alluding to here. So to use it regularly. Um, and it says in verse 26, again, when you come together, 
each of you as a hymn, word of instruction, revelation, tongue or interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Or in the ESV it says, let all things be done for building up. So we, we include all things, including prophecy and tongues and interpretations. So now the question I mentioned earlier was, why aren't we hearing the gift of tongues used so much in our gatherings? You might be wondering or asking. Well, if you've been at the Community Church Putney for some time, you'll know that we believe in the use of the gifts of the Spirit, including the gifts of tongues and prophecy. And we have used these and do use these publicly. However, we should also recognise at this moment in time that perhaps we haven't seen particularly the gift of tongues interpretation used so much, maybe in our gatherings in recent times. So why is this? Well, it's important to say that we, uh, the leaders, haven't ever specifically discouraged the use of it. It's not like we've ever said, no, we shouldn't be using this gift anymore. Let's tone it down. Um, but, you know, it is one of those gifts that's a bit more unusual. Perhaps there's a sense of some are embarrassed by the use of it. It's, it's a strange, um, it can be seen as a strange gift. Um, Perhaps it hasn't been modelled enough to others, particularly from uh, the leaders. Um, so we have to recognise that and think about that. So, um, uh, and maybe we've we've just subtly allowed the use of it to lessen and become decrease. And so this is a good opportunity for us now to reflect and take stock on this. And this is why it's good to go through the Bible um, as we do, because we come to portions of scripture like this and they speak to us just as we encourage us all to pray and read our bible in our own devotions and we say that god god does speak to us as we read his word daily um and god perhaps is highlighting to us again now as a church at this moment in time come on let's see this gift that i've given you this gift of prophecy this gift of tongues interpretation is here use it church what I want to uh, do is show, uh, or I was going to say show, you will hear um, a short video in a moment um, from Terry Virgo, who is the founder of New Frontiers, which is the family of churches we are a part of. And um, during lockdown, he, he recorded a few short videos each day um, based on different things and he did one on the gift of tongues and interpretation I thought it'd be really helpful to hear this um, and hear what he says on it and his reflections on it so let's just listen to Terry now. Back in the 60s when I was a young Christian I longed to be a better witness and uh, I was so limited and I met a young Pentecostal who was such a bright testimony and witness and I went to him and said Hey, what is it with you? Oh, I've been filled with the Spirit. To cut a long story short, I went to his church. They laid hands on me. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I came home to my home Baptist church, laid hands on a number of my contemporaries. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. We began to uh, move out onto the streets, preaching on Brighton Seafront. I, we came alive. It was very exciting. We also found that we got the gift of tongues. And, and, and sometimes in prayer times we would gather and yes, someone would speak in tongues and someone would interpret and it was just wonderful. And, and we got used to that gift being part of our prayer times together. 
And then as time went by, we began to see that there was a phrase that became a common phrase in those days, a message in tongues. And we began to question that because really it says in 1 Corinthians that he that speaks in tongues speaks mysteries to God. It also says, how will anyone say amen to your thanksgiving if it's not interpreted? So it's a thanksgiving. It's a message. It's given to God. And so we began to review that. And people realized, well, I've got that theme in my heart. I could have expressed it. God would. And we began to experience something fresh. And it was fine. Then after a time, I would say things began to get lost because, well, it's to God, like a prayer. And so you'd be in meetings and very often there'd be someone who would speak in tongues and then there might be a pause and then someone would pray a prayer. And to be honest, it kind of got like the coinage got debased. It was like, well, why did we bother with the tongue? Because I didn't feel there was anything very inspirational or revelation in what was prayed, but we got used to it. And I think people began to not bother. Now it does say in the scripture, if there's no interpreter present, don't speak in tongues. And so interpretation is a gift and, and, and the, it should be, well, if, if there's no interpreter here, I, I'll hold back. That's what the passage is plainly saying. So we need to honor this gift of interpretation. I thank God for people I know with a beautiful gift of interpretation. And that when tongues have come, the interpretation has been wonderful. But I think we've got used to saying, well, it's God would, so you just pray a prayer. And it just got boring. And people don't bother anymore. And we've lost this beautiful gift, this sense of God's presence in the prayer time when we gather. I want to encourage us to say, Lord God, please would you restore to us the gift of interpretation? Would you please come upon us? I think like when Mary prayed the Magnificat, we call it Magnificat. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And then this wonderful utterance goes on to have all kinds of revelatory perspectives. It's Godward, but there's revelation in it. I believe that's what tongues and interpretation should be like. Yeah, God would, but hey, there's a supernatural content that we, we learn something in the midst of it. Our hearts were stirred by it. Let's pray for this. Let's ask God to restore this to us. Maybe those of us who know we have that gift could maybe come alongside people or tell people how it works for you, how you hear God in it. We have to learn to listen. We have to learn to wait for God and expect God to bring revelation to us through tongues and interpretation. You might say, well, it doesn't happen in bigger meetings. Well, no, I think we used to at the Stonely Bible Week with thousands present. We sometimes had tongues and interpretation because there were interpreters present. Everybody's edified. When you feel, well, what was the point? Well, everybody gets slightly embarrassed and well, we don't want to risk doing that. We may have guests in. But when it's supernatural, hey, let the guests come. Let's all be excited about God came, God spoke, God was amongst us. Let me encourage us. Let's say, Lord Jesus, please restore these beautiful charismatic gifts to us.
Well, that's helpful to listen to. It's helpful to hear from Terry what his reflections on this gift. And, um, and you'll perhaps notice that I mentioned we maybe haven't seen this gift used so much publicly recently on our Sunday mornings. And I think this isn't unique to us. I think within our family of churches, this probably happens elsewhere too. So we need to come back to God and go, God, please guide us again in this. Please help us. Because we want to be a church building one another up in love, don't we? And we do this by using the gifts of the Spirit, which includes prophecy and the gift of tongues. And so the the main point and emphasis of this message, if you haven't picked it up already, is this. It's that the church is strengthened when we use God's good gift of tongues. The church is strengthened when we use God's good gift of tongues. And I've said God's good gift because the gift of tongues is a gift from God. It's a good gift and it is a gift. It's given to us to bless us, to strengthen us. So just in application as we conclude, you might be wondering, well, this is wonderful, the gift of tongues, but how do I get this gift? I, I, perhaps you're thinking, I haven't got this gift. I've never used it. How do I get it? Well, be filled with the Spirit. We read that, that this gift came as they were filled with the Spirit. If you've given your life to Jesus, there's a, a moment where you say, come, fill me, Holy Spirit. Come, I want this gift. And you, you can ask God for the gift of tongues. He gives these good gifts generously and so we're to ask him and say God I want the gift of prophecy I want the gift of tongues to build me up in my private devotions and Lord I want the the gift to help others uh, perhaps in a in a public context as well but ask God for it and the second thing I'd say is if you have it um, use it regularly because it will edify you it will build you up and strengthen you perhaps you have this gift but you haven't used it for some time i want to encourage you again come on let's use this gift practice using it privately maybe even in the coming week you might decide okay now i'm going to pray i'm going to just spend two minutes each day using this gift and uh, and then maybe i'll i'll see look to increase it um as i get used to using it each day and don't be afraid to use it publicly as well. I said it's one of these unusual gifts and it may seem like, oh, I don't know if I want to bring it, but I would encourage us. Let's let's bring this gift publicly. And if you're not sure and you're thinking, well, it says don't bring one if there's no one there to interpret. Well, let's assume on a Sunday we've got someone there to interpret. But if you're not sure, speak to one of the elders or those leading the service and, and they can uh, help guide you. Um, but we want to see these gifts used, don't we? And... Um, I would also say pray for the gift of interpretation, whether in yourself or for someone else, uh, others in the church to have it so that we can see this gift used more and more often. Um, so on Sunday morning, I, would, I was encouraging people to come forward to be prayed for if they wanted the gift of tongues, if they wanted to be filled with the Spirit. And it was wonderful to see many coming forward uh, for prayer. And so if you would like to pray, you can you can pray now on your own where you are and say, God, fill me. Or if you want to pray with someone, come on Sunday. The prayer team will pray with you or speak to someone in your uh, community group and they would be sure to want to pray with you too about these things. Um, but let me just encourage us as we finish that let's be those who follow the way of love, as Paul says in the beginning of chapter 14, and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, which includes 
tongues. So Father God, I pray that you would take the good of this message, which is from your word, and you would embed it in our hearts, Lord God. Let the seeds um, of truth be planted in us and may they grow and be fruitful. Holy Spirit, release us more and more into the wonderful things that you have planned for us. Help us to be those that faithfully and obediently use the gifts that you have so generously given to us for our building and our strengthening. Amen.